Thanks for tuning in today to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. My name is Katie Chesney, and on Employment Notebook, we provide advice and insight into different strategies for succeeding in the workplace. And today we are talking about a quest for perfection, and joining us to discuss this topic is Janet Mata, and she's a career advisor and internship specialist. So Janet, thank you for joining us today. We do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I read one of your articles where you wrote about a quest for perfection. So where did this idea come from, and is perfection really attainable and worth pursuing as it relates to your career? Yeah, that's a great question. I do this a lot in the students I work with and in the young professionals I work with, and this idea also comes from my own experience. I remember struggling as a young professional, thinking that my career choice had to be the perfect one for me and that I was going to sort of wait and hold out for um, what might be the best and the perfect career option for me. And I wasn't really ready to commit to anything until I felt like I was making the right choice. And I see this with a lot of young professionals as well and students. And I wrote about it because I really think that it's not a good idea to hold out for perfection really early in your career like that, because you might miss out on some really great opportunities to learn about yourself and to get exposure to some fields that you might not even knew existed yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, in your article, you had a quote from Mike Rowe, and he says, forget about what you like, focus on what's available, get yourself hired, show up early, stay late, volunteer for the scut work, become indispensable. So what are your thoughts about that quote and the things that he's kind of talking about and how that relates to this quest for perfection? Yeah, so I think what Mike is saying here and that I really agree with is, spend a little less time thinking about what might be perfect for me. What do I really love? Where's my true um, calling or what am I really best at? And instead, go out and get some experience. So just go ahead and start doing stuff. Try stuff out. Take a job because it sounds interesting or because it's something that you're kind of curious about or because it's got a great connection potential or maybe it's something that you've been curious about or it's just a fabulous opportunity to earn a little bit of money. And then once you're in that job, really do an excellent job at that thing that you're being asked to do. And part of the reason I say that to really invest and and the reason that Mike is going for this as well is that oftentimes we get a couple things out of the job when we really kind of put our best energy into it. One, you'll get better self-knowledge. So you'll Mm -hmm. be able to get a good sense of, is this something I like or not? Sometimes you don't know if you like it until you actually really try and really give it a shot and Mm -hmm. really invest in it. The other thing is that other people will start to see your investment and be willing to advocate on your behalf and throw more opportunity your way. And a lot of times, this is how careers develop. I want to go back to what you mentioned about self-knowledge. Does kind of thinking that you need to settle, you need to wait really and not settle, does that come from really having a good understanding of your self-knowledge about what your strengths are and what direction you want to point yourself into? Or do you feel like this whole idea about waiting and looking for perfection is really just coming from not knowing what your self-knowledge is. Yeah, I think that once you have a really strong sense of self and a really strong sense of where you might want to go and what those strengths are, then it makes a lot more sense to sort of hone your job search or hone your career path um, into something that's going to be really perfect. But when you're early on and you're still sort of getting a better sense of, of who you are and what you're interested in, that's the time to not wait, to go ahead and just take opportunity and build your self-knowledge along the way. The sort of classic career development theory is that you want to take knowledge of self, 
and knowledge of options in the world and put those things together into a career that makes sense for you. But those things are not linear. You shouldn't do one and then the other. We want you to sort of do those things at the same time. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And you've mentioned a a couple of times that students and young professionals, they're the ones that kind of just need to go out and get this experience and just start doing and getting get into it. Are they the ones that kind of fall into this trap for looking for perfection? Or is this something that happens across all generations, across every stage of a career, or you really just see it more focused and centralized in that age group? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it's really interesting. I predominantly work with young professionals. So of course, mm-hmm. this is an area where I see the, um, this happen the most. I do think that it's a generational thing in the sense that millennials, we know, a lot has been written about millennials. They kind of get a bad rap for this. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes people see them or we, we know that millennials are a little bit afraid to fail because they've grown up in an environment where success is really valued and really honored. And they're sort of taught to believe or we are, we are sort of taught to believe that we can be anything we want to be. And we, that sort of implies that you should go for something really perfect and really ideal and not settle for nothing less than the best is sort of a a feeling that a lot of millennials and people in their 20s these days have grown up with. Mm -hmm. But I also think this extends to other generations as well, sort of this kind of quest for perfection. It can sometimes be an excuse to justify inaction. So if you're saying, oh, you know, I'm I'm, um, not going to take that job because I'm really just holding out for something that's going to be absolutely perfect for me. Even if you're not a millennial, sometimes I see this as a way to sort of avoid failure, right? I'm not even going to try because it doesn't sound perfect enough. And so I get to sort of rest on my feeling of I'm having really high standards and that's something that other people can respect rather than maybe admitting that I'm holding myself back, Mm -hmm. um, which is a lot harder of a realization to have and a a harder justification to struggle with um, if you're having trouble moving forward in your career. So I say, you know, I definitely see this in young professionals. I think that it's really common in the millennial generation to kind of hold out for perfect. But I also see it later in careers, too, sometimes for different reasons. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned fear and then, then like, you know, uh, an excuse for inaction. So does this principle really just kind of fall back on just being afraid of failure and afraid of not being successful? And then once you've kind of recognized that you've fallen into this and you're uh, afraid of failing, what can you do to overcome that? That's such a great question. So, yeah, I do think that a lot of this really is related to a, a fear of failure, sort of not being willing to to try um, mm-hmm. because you don't really want to make the wrong choice. And it's very easy when you're young, especially to feel like your choices are permanent. And the more experience you get in life, the more oftentimes you'll re- young people will realize, no, in fact, there's lots of time and lots of opportunity to kind of continue to make changes along the way. And feeling is actually really important. It's actually really important to do something that doesn't go well because it gives you great information about what might be better instead. It also builds resiliency. All of us are going to encounter failure at some point in our lives. And it's really important. The sooner you get a good sense of how to deal with that and how to bounce back from that, the better professional you'll be later in life. Mm-hmm. So I think the fear of, of kind of avoiding that really is related to sort of this idea of holding out for perfection. The best way to get past that, so if you're feeling this kind of, if this is ringing true for you, the best way to sort of move past that fear is to try something, to do something, to act in some way. So I often tell young people or students, go ahead and make a phone call or send an email to somebody that you've been curious to meet or that is doing interesting work. 
just start with something small and, and active in the direction that you think you might want to go. Kind of follow a hunch and act on that a little bit. The more you act, the easier it will get to act more um, and do bigger things and get kind of past this, this stalling sense of like, oh, but what if it doesn't work out? So it doesn't have to be something so drastic as changing careers or getting a job that's totally different from, you know, what your background is. It can be something just as small as making a call, maybe setting up an inter- informational interview. Do you have any other suggestions on getting started other than, you know, making calls, sending an email? Should you, you know, do informational interviews or should you just start applying for jobs? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, great question. So I'm a big fan of informational interviews. I definitely think that that's a super great way to both build connections in your field to kind of build a network, but also to get some useful information. So start there. You know, if someone is feeling like, uh, if you're feeling like, I don't, I don't know where to start, starting with an informational interview is a great option. Mm-hmm. But then I would also say, look at kind of what opportunity exists in the environment that you're currently in. So I work for the University of Washington. And if I were looking to change jobs, I might look at my current position or look at the university and say, what opportunity exists in the university today, right now, for me to explore an area of career interest? Is there a committee I could volunteer for? Is there um, a volunteer activity that I could kind of pick up to meet new people or that follows my area of interest? If you're working even at something as simple as working at the grocery store, you know, are there opportunities to take on something a little bit extra? Is there a little initiative that you could take to try something new or to sort of be indispensable, as my girl is telling us? Mm -hmm. Um, Those are really great steps, both to build skills, build confidence, get past some of the fear, um, and also build better self-knowledge and kind of direction and where you want to go. Right. And speaking of building, how can you go about building different skills if you feel like, you know, you've, you've got some self-knowledge and maybe you're, you need a skill that you don't have? What are your thoughts and advice on building those skills and kind of fluffing up your resume a little bit more so you're more relevant for the path that you want to go down? So again, I think, you know, oftentimes people overlook what's right in front of them. People might Mm -hmm. think, young people especially might think, oh, I've got to go back to graduate school. And then immediately that train of thought kind of comes into play of like, oh, that's really expensive and I've Mm -hmm. got to apply and how do I even do that? I'm going to need to take classes. I'm not very good at math. I've got to take the GRE. Mm -hmm. Instead of kind of letting yourself go down that ultimate skill building path, focus on sort of little skills that you can build along the way. So a good one might be I had a student who was really interested in dentistry but was really having trouble with his math classes. Um, and as most people in the health sciences will, will be able to tell you, that's really an important one to be able right. to, to do well at in order to get into dental school. So what are the things that he can do to kind of build his math skill along the way? Is there additional tutoring that he could do? Could he volunteer to help teach math? To young children because sometimes that will help you be able to better grasp concepts yourself. Are there ways that he could take additional courses? Even just on the side, could he take a class through Coursera, mm-hmm. um, which is free? Could he, you know, think creatively about ways to kind of build your skills in some some other areas? There are games you can play, for example, that might be able to build your skill and might be a little bit more fun. So again, kind of thinking creatively, not 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 first about the big scary steps that is going to be required to build a skill. But think about kind of little ways that you could kind of flex that skill muscle in your everyday life, and that will help you move forward. Well, I really like how you said to flex that skill muscle in your everyday life because you might have a whole plethora of skills, but you don't 
might not use all of them on a day-to-day basis. So if you know that and you want to increase your capability in those skills, just start using them as kind of a good place to start. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, what are the next steps in this process of kind of veering off the path for perfection and heading towards, you know, um, building your self-knowledge? We've talked about um, failure is okay. It builds resilience. And then there's, you know, little things that you can do, whether it's volunteering or, you know, building your skills. What's next for people that are kind of trying to get off of this path of perfection? Once you've got a little bit of self-knowledge and you've sort of developed activities or some skills that you think might be good candidates to be part of your career. Usually the next conversation I have with people is let's look at themes. You know, Mm -hmm. have we now narrowed it down potentially to two or three different things that would be viable candidates for a future career? And those themes don't necessarily have to be occupations. Those could be, you know, skills that you've discovered you're really great at. For me, one of my early themes was teaching. I knew that I just was looking at all the activities that I'd taken up and I was like, well, that's really funny. You know, every volunteer thing I've done or every even job that I've done has involved some component of teaching others how to do something or teaching something interesting. And so that was a really great clue to me, like, oh, maybe I should look at how can I incorporate teaching into my future career? I'm not currently a teacher. So Mm -hmm. this is also kind of a good example of how you might think creatively about that. But I started to look at careers in education and related to education, and that led me to career counseling. And of course, I do a lot of teaching every day. This is this would be considered teaching. I'm sort of helping folks understand the process of getting to know yourself better. So think about themes, pick one, and then sort of chase that down and go after that a little bit and ask some good questions. More informational interviews is a great next step um, once you've sort of picked a theme that you might want to try out a little bit. Um, and kind of go down that path and see what happens next for you. And I think that's a great tip. And But unfortunately, we are um, up against the clock today. So I just wanted to give you the floor for these last 30 seconds or so to share any uh, final pieces of advice or any tips that you'd like to share with our audience on this topic and um, maybe give them just some food for thought. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I would say, you know, if you find yourself being paralyzed by lots of options or feeling like you don't know where to start, my best advice is to start somewhere. Start with what you know. Start with what's right in front of you. Look at your daily life for extra opportunity and think really creatively about how can I learn a little bit more about myself or how can I do something a little different or interesting um, that's going to maybe help drive me forward. So action, action, action. That's my, my best piece of career advice. Do stuff. And with that final piece of advice that closes us out for today on Employment Notebook. And I just want to thank Janet for joining us and sharing her expert advice. We do appreciate it. So thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or send me a tweet at the LJN. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck in your career.